This is Ben McMahon with Clemus, Climate Assessment for the Southwest, and I'm sitting down with Mike Crimmins for a little mini podcast so we can talk about uh, this lovely May and June weather we're in the middle of. Not in the middle of anything. Oh, wait. We had this scheduled for probably a week ago. Uh, Now we're in the midst of the heat. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot what this was like, too. (laughs) I remember now, though. Uh, yeah, looked a little frazzled coming over after being out in the 105 after yeah. those nice 80s and even One, 90s felt pretty nice. Yeah, not, so 105 may be a little, uh, a little generous. <laughs> it, felt, it felt a little more like 109. I don't 109. know. 109. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned you came back down from Phoenix yesterday. Yeah, it was One, in Flagstaff, which was oh. uh, it was actually even hot in Flagstaff. It was wow. pushing pushing 90 up there, and then uh, went right through Phoenix and saw the 117 on the dash. Uh-huh. Granted, not an official observing station, but but. Hot nonetheless. Yeah, it feels like 117 still feels like <laughs> that dash. Yeah, the air conditioning yeah. was on high. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I bet. I guess what we wanted to do is just kind of talk through, I mean, kind of what happened because 2015 was starting out as actually record high temperatures, record warm average temperatures for January, February, and even into March. And then April was kind of a transition. And then May and into June, it's actually, I mean, I wouldn't say cold, but you would almost say cold compared to yeah. what we're used to. Maybe, maybe it's the new the new law of conservation of temperature. <laughs> um, I, I, fig- I figured we were due for winter at some point, and we just happened to do it in May. It was, uh, boy, and what a tease, huh? Because uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. May turned out to be pretty spectacular. Yeah, the beginning of the month in April was warm, and it looked like we were going to do spring the way we normally do, and then it just kept getting cooler, getting wetter, getting mm-hmm. cooler right through May, right into yeah. the end of the month. So. I suppose the fire managers will take it. <laughs> yeah. The, well, it was interesting coming back from Northern Arizona and, and boy, it takes two or three days to dry stuff out. And we had those, those storms roll through the, uh, much of the state this last week. And there were lightning started fires all over the state. So driving up there, you could see smoke. But from what I hear, the fire managers are actually just pushing the fire around on the ground and, and using that opportunity to, to clear out some fuel. So I think that, I think they see this as a pretty good opportunity to, to use the natural fire here right now. So the so. conditions are still good enough. They feel comfortable kind of letting it go for a little while. Which is yeah. saying something, right? <laughs> You're going to do it in the middle of June and say, you know what, we're going to do a beneficial use and shove the fire around. That, wow. that must speak back to what May was like. So let's, let's walk our way back. Um, sometime in early May, I think we actually hit the peak temperature for a while. I, you know, it got warmer, got warmer, got warmer, and then it actually cooled off during the month of May, which is, I suspect... Um, highly anomalous, if not unheard of. <laughs> yeah, and it, that was if you if you took this is where you you know how to lie with statistics. If you took any little part of the spring, you could actually have downward trend in temperature for the first half of May, and that that was what I thought was really spectacular. Is like the beginning of the month was almost the May one was almost the warmest here in Tucson, and then we we went downhill all the way through the third week of the month, and then things turned around and that high started to build back in by mm-hmm. the end of the month. Now, what was driving that? I, I know we heard some about some uh, tropical storm activity, which is also anomalous or atypical for this time of year. Was it strictly a tropical storm activity issue or was there something else driving that pattern? Well, what I, th- I think actually really happened is, is that the El Nino really started to get its act together. I mean, it's been working on it, what, for 18 months now. It's been a fun topic for us to talk about. I'm really going to miss it when it's gone, quite <laughs> honestly. I don't know what we'll talk about anymore. Is By April, you started to see the East Pacific along the equator really light up with a lot of anomalous thunderstorm activity. So, you know, it's very much busier than you would normally see it this time of year. And so when it does that, this is the the classic teleconnection or signal somewhere else that we see is, is that it, it caused this sort of weak trough of low pressure to form in the East Pacific off the coast of California. 
and across the it was basically what we call the the jet stream was in a split flow, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that there's a the uh, northern branch of the jet stream with the cold air is way 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 up across the Pacific Northwest, and then there was this really strong subtropical jet. So if you kind of think back to what was going on late April into May, think back to all the inclement weather that was going on in, in Texas and Oklahoma. It was all connected back to the same wet weather we were seeing here, which again was really an El Nino signal driving the storm activity late, late, late into the spring. And so we just had enough moisture available. This weak trough of uh, low pressure, that's going to spell cool and wet conditions Mm. for us here across Southwest. We're finally seeing some of what we might have expected with an El Nino winter this very late. I know. It's not quite winter anymore. So weird. Yeah, it was, you know, like we didn't see it. The ocean was getting its act together for a full 18 months. Mm -hmm. The ocean and atmosphere finally connecting and, and starting to dance together happens way late in the winter time. I mean, it's, you know, April, May, we don't really consider it winter down here anymore. You know, that's what we call it the arid floor summer. We don't even call it spring. Yeah. So to now all of a sudden see, hey, we're going to do some winter, winter El Nino here, guys. Take a look at this. That kind of goes away um, as you get into early June. Then the tropical storm activity starts to light up and we start to now see some influences of that very, very, very early. There are tropical storms in the East Pacific in June, but typically they don't have any interaction with land. They're, mm-hmm. they're usually wandering way out to sea. But just all those that alignment of that pattern drags some moisture with Andres, Blanca, and then Carlos is wandering around just south of us now. Not sure if it's going to have any implications mm-hmm. for us, but we should know within the next week or so. And so basically what that did is it pushed some you know precipitation and humidity up into our region that we were able to have some nice cloudy cool-off days in yeah. June unexpectedly. Yeah, I mean, this, again, think about that, that trough of low pressure, this active subtropical jet stream is also interacting with moisture that's not normally there. Tons of moisture in the East Pacific for us to drag up there. You can have these sort of um, late-season troughs come through that'll that'll cool things off but typically what they'll do is they'll just make tons and tons of blow dryer wind mm-hmm. in may and june that's the june i remember that's the june you remember right <laughs> and that's the that's sort of that jet stream kind of wandering around just north of us the monsoon ridge trying to push in but instead this year split flow subtropical jet lots of moisture tropical storms wandering around so a bunch of ingredients you just don't normally see across uh, the southwest this time of year yeah i've been surprised the number of days you sort of you see the clouds building to the south in june which you know i think this is kind of what july or even sometimes august looks like yeah you don't usually see it knocking your doorstep now we're in it feels like (laughs) like it turned it on in about three days and yeah it's got the high sun angle you can look to the south you can see some of the storm activity so it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more classical but there's enough craziness going on in the East Pacific that I'm a, I'm a little concerned about what does this actually spell for? Does this pattern that we're in right now that feels normal, how long does it last? Mm-hmm. We're in the official monsoon season. Um, we're going to have to really pay attention the next couple of weeks to see if this thing's going to set up the way that we normally see the monsoon set up. Yeah, I think we'll talk about it more in the next actual yeah. podcast. But really, one of the implications for this is there is the possibility of a delayed start to the monsoon. Yeah, and, and this is where, you know, tropical storms are one thing, but you can't count on them. You mm-hmm. can't count on them to deliver a constant source of moisture for you every week. What you really need to have is you need the, the monsoon ridge to sort of build in here, build north of us. Um, put us into deep easterly flow, and then also moisture being guided up the Gulf of California. And again, I keep talking about this trough of low pressure. That trough of low pressure can knock the monsoon ridge out of position. The ridge itself can be weak based on what El Nino is doing in the East Pacific. So mm-hmm. the monsoon ridge is really going to have to muscle its way into the scene mm-hmm. to be able to put us in a good spot. But 
the dynamical models, they continue to suggest that the monsoon ridge is a, it's a little weird, a little out of position. It's really centered over, it's centered east of us, but it still puts us in a, a south, southeasterly flow, which could still you know, be that channel of moisture up into, mm -hmm. into Arizona. So it, it's weird this year and it's not, <laughs> it's not, we use that word canonical in a lot of respects. So the, the past isn't, I think a real good guide for mm -hmm. us. We don't have a lot of good examples to look, look to. So we're really going to be paying attention to the weather features now to see what the monsoon is going to be able to dole up to us in a, every couple day basis. Sounds good. Well, I think we'll dive into that a little bit more in the next uh, Southwest Climate Podcast. Yeah, hopefully it'll um, be raining by then. And yeah. <laughs> we'll <have> this <laughs> nice break. I'm totally yeah. wrong, and, and we can just go about our way. So. Just thinking again about May and June, is there a possibility we might see a repeat of this next year if El Nino conditions persist? Or is there any chance that you know we'll see this happen again? Or is this really kind of a one-off thing that we probably shouldn't ever plan on? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it's, it's definitely a rare event, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the temperature records and you look at the precip, it doesn't happen very often, if at all, in some of our historical records. And again, they don't they don't go back to the beginning of time. But mm -hmm. you know, in the last hundred years, you don't see a lot of instances like this. And again, it, it's having I think a, an El Nino signal come on so strong at that time of year is not typical, right? I mean, sure. it's usually building up to strength through kind of now into midsummer. So having that warm, so you think about like ninety seven, ninety eight. It was actually transitioning from a cold event, a La Nina event, into a warm event, and it did it over like six months. It just like hit the gas and went from, you know, zero to 120 in that period. But we we did it over like 18 months, so we were already warmish, and then it hit the gas. We've been so doing the Sunday driver acceleration. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, maybe 97 is a good analog, but again, if we use those couple of years as an, there aren't very many of them, right? Mm -hmm. And so and so doing this again next May or June, I think. Probably not. I, I love the sentiment. I, right. I like the idea, you know, there we start planning hope. weddings yeah, outside in May. There was thought in my uh, question <laughs> yeah, there. There was hopeful. I, I wouldn't think so. So yeah, all your outdoor activities, you know, graduation planning, that kind of stuff. We'll I be think. back to blow, blow dryer <laughs> exactly. June. In blow dryer the, June. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, like we said, we just wanted to do kind of a quick hitter podcast on what our anomalous May and June was. Uh, we'll return to some of these in a little bit greater detail in the next Southwest Club podcast when we have Zach back in town next week or so. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in.